This pandemic that we're um, all experiencing across the world um, has created a very um, unique time in in our existence. Um, many of us, all of us are under shelter in place orders. Um, like we were talking about earlier in, in Dallas now, you can't go anywhere if you're not wearing a face mask. You have to stay six feet away from everybody. Um, so for the most part, we're all trapped at home all the time. Uh, we are, those of us that have children, our children are also trapped in the home with us or we're trapped in the home with them, depending on how you want to view that. Um, those of us that can still work are trying to work while, again, said children are ostensibly trying to be educated somehow. Um, it's a very strange and difficult time. Um, and that doesn't even get into the, the bit about the actual threat of the virus that, you know, literally at the end of the day, every day you can go and you can see the new numbers. This is how many people caught the virus today. This is how many people in this city died from the virus today. Um, and those numbers continue to be reported and, um, they continue to grow. Um, it's a, it's a scary time. It is an unnerving time. Um, and so that is, I believe, why um, we are looking to First Peter right now for our time and messages. So First Peter was written to a community in crisis. Um, not the same crisis that we're experiencing right now. There are many differences. But nevertheless, it is a community of people in crisis. Um, and that's what we're experiencing right now. And one of the things that I don't know, now that we've been at this for like a month, six weeks, I don't, I don't even remember the before times much anymore. Um, but have you started to feel like, I don't know, priorities shifting around a little bit, like things that you might've really, really cared about doing. You're just like kind of letting go of that. I mean, I know personally I can speak to lots of um, parenting proclamations that we had decided we were always going to do with our children. And we're just kind of um, reevaluating those um, throughout the day, um, depending on what's been going on. Um, but I'd like to hear from the rest of you guys, too. Um, so just raise your hand in the chat, um, metaphorically speaking, and uh, let me know what what did you used to hold on to that you're just kind of like letting go of now? Miles says screen time. You've let go of screen time? <laughs> That's what Miles says. Yeah. Minutes on screen time, I guess I'll say. (laughs) 
you know, it's just been thinking about that and thinking about, again, like things like screen time with kids, which has definitely um, increased a lot in our house too. Um, and, and, and other, and other things just, there is a little bit of a feeling of guilt, um, at letting some of that go. Um, sometimes there's a feeling of relief. Sometimes it's just a feeling of what does it even matter anymore? There's a global pandemic going on and what happens in my house like what possible significance does that have or meaning does that have outside of this anyway, as long as I'm staying inside of my house or six feet away from everybody else. And so I, again, I, I hope that resonates, that feeling resonates with you guys. I, I'm sure that it does with anyone that has children trapped in the house with them um, or vice versa. Um, and so I think it's, um, and so kind of coming into that with this context, I looked at the topic that um, that I was given slash ostensibly signed up for for this morning, and it was about holiness and holy living. And looking at that, my first thought was, is that really applicable right now? Is that really what we should be talking about as a community? Does that really, like, is... Like we're, we're, we're all, you know, sheltering in place and trying to stay alive right now. Like, is that, is that really what's going on? And yet that pops up because like I said, this was, um, this is the very next thing in the book of first Peter, which is, again was a book written to a community of people in crisis. Um, and so I find that, uh, I find that interesting just looking at it here. Uh, starting in verse 13 is, uh, my favorite word to start a sentence, therefore, which means that, um, apparently we're just picking right up based on some conclusions that were drawn last week. So everybody remembers exactly what was covered last week in Charles's lesson. So there's no need to go over in, I'm going to, I'm going to just go really quickly over and look and see what was in last week. Um, cause I'm sure there's somebody out there that doesn't completely remember it. Um, but last week was a very uplifting message. It was one about hope, right? That we had this living hope um, that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and raised into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. And that that is, that is something that is promised to us. Um, although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy for you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Um, it is a message of hope that says things are tough right now, but there are eternal things that are active in your life now. And part of that is a promise and a hope of better things to come. Therefore, prepare your minds for action Discipline yourselves, set all your hope on the grace that Jesus Christ will bring you when he is revealed. Like obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires that you formerly had in ignorance. Instead, as he who called you is holy, be holy, 
yourselves in all your conduct, for it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. So Peter basically seems to have no problem going from one thing to the next. We have all of this wonderful hope. We have, we, there is something greater than, than the tragedy that is going on around us right now. Something to hold on to, something to look forward to. So therefore, because of that, discipline yourselves and be obedient and be holy because of who Jesus was, because of who God is. You shall be holy for I am holy. That's a, that's a quote from Leviticus, everybody's favorite passage to turn to in times of crisis. So before we go further than this, I want to spend a little bit of time just asking you guys what you think that means. Um, so be thinking about answers to raise your hand in the chat in a second. Um, because the word holy, I don't know. I, I feel like it's kind of lost its meaning in a lot of ways. It is a very, very religious word that I don't know if you could imagine it having any other context outside of a religious context. But if you think about like where our words come from, a lot of times they had other meanings before the church or before a religion kind of grabbed them up and said, no, we're going to use it to help you just to help describe this other concept. Um, so I don't know. I think it's worth spending some time talking about what that word means, what it means to be holy or to try to be holy. Um, what it means for God to ask us to be holy the way that he is holy. So I don't know. What does that word mean to you? Go ahead, Daryl. Just the, a couple of things is one, the word we often hear, it's okay, means to be set apart. Um, But I think the word chosen uh, has a very similar connotation, but yet that doesn't quite get to be that way as God is that way. Um, I just see there's something about the character of God is supposed to be related to the way that we live, our character as such. I like to refer to it when Jesus uses the same, the same concept in the Sermon on the Mount, where he says, be holy as your father is, in ho- is, ho- is holy. Uh, and he talks about the rain, God sending rain. He sends sunshine on good and bad folks. And, uh, I, and he says, so be holy as your heavenly father is holy. I, I consider it being a chip off the old block. He's, he's our God, he's our father. You grow up to be like your parents. So somehow, some way, the more we're interacting with God, the more we become like him. For what it's worth. Yeah, I like that. Thanks, Daryl. Sarah? Um, I think of like, I guess when I think of holiness, I think of, um, you know, big big old beautiful churches that I've been in where there's just this really quiet atmosphere and you really feel like you're kind of set apart from the rest of the world and like no matter what's outside of that building on the inside um 
I mean, we know that God's present everywhere, but on the inside, there's this kind of special feeling of quiet and set apartness and you feel God's presence more clearly. Um, and I think for me, uh, sometimes holiness is related to what kind of things are you filling your mind with? Um, and I've had to just take a, a, like be disciplined about not watching the news all the time and not looking at Facebook or not looking at other things because the human part of me wants to just panic and try to make sure that I'm well informed about everything. But then I think when I think about the holiness of God, I feel like a peacefulness, a quiet in the middle of kind of a storm. And so if I want, like, I guess my pursuit of holiness during this time is like my pursuit of peace and quiet or my pursuit of just being in the moment with God instead of chasing around um, everything that's going on outside. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah, I like, I like, I like both what both of you. So, oh, um, other Sarah without the H. Um, yeah, I don't know how I like how I feel about other Sarah, but um... <laughs> she, got, she went first, so. <laughs> um. So I was looking at the. Uh, you know, verse 14 says, like obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires you formerly had in ignorance and said, as he called you, be holy, to be holy. And so, like, so I think about kind of changing of priorities um, uh, and, and choosing priorities that aren't, um, uh, con- that aren't controlled by just like my desires Um I, I struggle with that a lot of like, but I just don't want to do that. So therefore I'm not going to. <laughs> so, um, but choosing other things that are better than just uh, my own desires. That's good. Thank you. Yeah. Um, the, the, the common thread that I see running through everything that has been shared so far is a connection to God. Um, the, 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 the parent child connection, trying the emulating of the parent or the looking internally to see what is, what is inside of me? What is, what am I putting into me that is coming out that um, reflects that? Um, I feel that a lot of times with, the idea of holiness, we can fall into this trap of like morality policing where you go around and you look at what people are doing and you say, well, that's, that's not holy. You shouldn't go to see that movie or you shouldn't drink that beverage or you shouldn't whatever. Um, because you know, the, these external things that you're doing. Um, but, um, I think that this true concept of holiness does, it comes from within and that what, that your connection to, to God from within will shape the actions that you do externally. And I would even so go folks go so far as to say that it's going to look different for different people in different contexts, um, which makes it very difficult for um, us to judge somebody else's holiness just by looking at what they're doing. Um, 
I, uh, the other thing that I thought of with the word holiness, um, is, um, when trying to think through like, what, what does that mean and where does that come from? Um, I was reading the first couple of times I was reading through this passage. I thought, man, this, this whole thing sounds familiar. Like it's something that, that I've talked about before. And so I went and looked at my archives and I actually found that, that I had done a lesson on this passage for storyline like four years ago. Um, and I was honestly very tempted to just pull that up and deliver that verbatim again. Um, but, uh, I did, um, I did resist that temptation, although it was very strong. Um, but there is one point in there that I really liked, um, that, uh, that, that stuck out to me. And it was this idea of taking this stereotype that people can have of holiness, this looking at external behaviors, um, and trying to determine whether or not a person is being holy or not holy. Um, and, basically flipping it around on its head, you know, the word, the word holiness, a lot of times can be backed in scripture with this idea that you should be keeping the commandments. One who keeps the commandments lives a holy life. Uh, in fact, if you go back to that Leviticus passage that where it says, be holy for I am holy, that's the context. It says you need to keep my commandments and you can be holy the way I'm holy. Um, and there's so many, 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 many commandments that are in there to keep that, um, you know, it seems pretty daunting, uh, except that when you remember when Jesus was asked about the commandments, what he said was that there's one that's greater than all of them, and that is to love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second, to love your neighbor as yourself. And that everything else just basically hangs off of those two. And I really love that idea that, that holiness is essentially loving, loving God and loving others. And that that is the hallmark of a holy life. Um, and fortunately, I think that uh, our passage today backs that up. Um, because if you read on down to verse 22, Peter says, now that you have purified your souls by your obedience to the truth so that you have genuine mutual love, love one another deeply from the heart. You have been born anew, not of perishable, but of imperishable seed through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. That word is the good news that was announced to you. Rid yourselves, therefore, of all malice and all guile, insincerity, envy, and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. I think, I think that, I think that, that backs it quite well for me. Um, even this list of things to avoid. There are many lists in the New Testament of things to not do, um, to have a holy life or to have a spirit-filled life. 
the one, but this list in particular is all about relationships to other people, how you treat other people, or even really how you view yourself in, res- in regards to other people. Malice, guile, insincerity, envy, and slander. Um, rid yourselves of that and instead love one another. So, um, we are called to be holy, to be set apart, and we are literally set apart in our individual homes and six feet from each other when we're outside. So there's another take on holiness. Um, and that holiness is a connection from the Father that comes out of us and affects the way that we view the world, that we act within the world, that we treat each other. My last question really is how do we how do we live this in the situation that we find ourselves in today when we are in our homes, when we are six feet away covering our faces with a mask? Um, how how can we how can we show love to other people? How can we live holy lives in in this in this world at this time? Val? Yeah. um, For me, I think um, the word holy has a lot of baggage for me because I immediately think of self-righteous of someone. Hold on, Lacey. I'm not quite done yet. (laughs) At least ready to wrap this up. Um, (laughs) Of someone that is someone that follows a sort of a list of rules and thereby think they're better than ever because they follow these rules. But when I think of the idea of holy as that I have fully accepted this sort of great love and now I just want to share that with other people, that really informs the way I act. So I was just thinking about even in this current context, like what are ways I've seen holiness myself? And I think of like when I went to the grocery store and the woman working out front was carefully sanitizing each cart and and giving them to people as they came through. Like to me, I was like, like that to me is holiness. There's like a care and concern for the other people around. Or um, I think of my, my neighbors across the street that um, uh, dropped off some food for us because they knew that we liked it and thought that, you know, we might enjoy some, like that to me is an act of holiness. I think of um, like Kara uh, uh, and Project Red and how they have been able to take food to um, various neighborhoods who don't have access to anything like that. That is holiness. So to me, it's, it's showing love and concern for those around you, even when we can't be in close proximity. And even when and far away remembering that we're all still people in need of each other that's great thank you john says to pray for others absolutely that is something we can do uh and charles you had something 
Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been really inspired by the kinds of um, examples that Val was sharing about neighborliness and uh, consideration uh, in our in our neighborhoods when we're out and about. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you where the rubber <laughs> uh, where the rubber really meets the road. Um, for me, because I'm a performer, I tend toward like, hey, how can I, how can I do some great acts of love out there? Where the rubber meets the road, for, yeah, that's right. Where the rubber meets the road for me um, is really with my family. Uh, mm-hmm. It is with these people that I am trapped with, as you said so well earlier. Um, and uh, am I patient with them? Uh, and uh, do I do I lean in and try to be present um, when I would rather just check out and get some space uh, when I know that they need it? Um, do I do I mean I am I willing to adapt? And I'm these are all hypothetical, of course, for me. Uh, am I willing to adapt uh, and take on extra chores or different responsibilities than I'm usually used to taking on? just because of these extraordinary circumstances kind of out of love for my family. Um, those are all the things that are like challenging me right now. And honestly, I think too, um, am I, am I loving myself and allowing God to love me when I fail miserably at some of those things um, and, and receiving grace from God. So uh, that's, uh, that's where that's up close and personal for me, where the rubber meets the road. I think holiness um, God is calling me to really lean into what that looks like in my family. Awesome. Thanks, <laughs> uh, Julie agrees, apparently. <laughs> That's good. Daryl says, quotes Romans 13, 10, love does no harm to its neighbor. Amen. Ben. Yeah, I, I wonder about if will um if we see this time as just simply a time to get through or as an opportunity to embrace new rhythms and being in the world like i want to get to a place where i can be around other people but i think it's a pretty unique opportunity to slow down and um to create space in our lives for other people and so a part of holiness this conversation of holiness that struck me is as we transition back into whatever the new normal is will we just go back to the chaotic sort of busy, unsustainable pace, or will we use this opportunity to actually develop new rhythms that can, can that can be sustainable and that can continue long after the pandemic is over um, uh, rhythms of Sabbath, rhythms of rest, rhythms of slowing down, rhythms of daily walks um, that holiness um, isn't about following rules, but sort of, it can be about creating different patterns and habits and postures. Thank you, Ben. That's great. That's yeah. Uh, Let's see. John, as I see the faces of people on this call, I sometimes feel motivated to pray for those I see. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, that's probably my favorite thing about our Zoom churches right now is being able to look and see everybody. Um, 
It's fun. It's good.